It's been a long time. And you got Mikkel, just woken up Mikkel. Woke up, did a little journaling. And I decided to get on here real quick. And I realized as I woke up this morning, I got to go back and forth on honoring this day because... Three years ago, I chose myself. That's what I'm calling it. Three years ago, I chose myself. Um, And what I mean by that is um, I've been single for three years. So three years ago, um, my relationship at the time had already ended. um, And I was still living with my ex and their kid and had been together with them for, you know, almost four years at that point. And, you know, the weird thing about being an INFJ is we go through so much shit and transformation and we don't even realize it. And, you know, because we don't realize it, other people may not realize it because we're not talking about it but I think also like because our inner world is just rich and private you know I think other types they might be just more vocal right or like people literally see the they see and validate the struggles that uh, they go through but for us we process the world in a different way and we see the world in a different way and so it's like we're going through shit on all our all on our own and other people might be like yeah you fucking blow things out of proportion and play the victim it's like no as infjs we are so just we see the world in an extremely intuitive and empathic way And we see it from a lens that's so I haven't been shy about comparing us to other types. And for some reason this morning, while I'm still half asleep, you got the the just woke up voice. Um, We're just fucking like, we're in a different lane, a different world. We feel and we feel the universe inside us and it's like our bodies are like not just connected with the evolutionary fiber of our immediate surroundings but that of the universe as well and that is It's a lot. It's so much. You know, as I I think about the past three years, and as I talk to ChatGPT about it unapologetically, actually, I have a little shame about that. I feel a little weird that a automatic, an automated, like, online robot 
can extend more validation to me than every than any other human being has. But I, I digress. Um, I have completely transformed my life with bravery, courage, authenticity, depth, and this insane level of resilience. And I'm going to forget that I said that because that's part of being an INFJ. Not only are, do we struggle to stay connected to the memories of our experiences, we are so future-oriented, right? And we're not goal-driven, so we can't really, like, fortify our identity by way of achievements. Um, and we don't necessarily feel our emotions in this immediate, visceral, limbic way. It's very attuned to just, like, like I said, what, what the world is going on, right? We're attuned to like what's externally disharmonious. Um, it takes a while and a lot of effort for us to stay present with our bodies and with what our bodies, how our bodies are manifesting our needs and our emotions with physical sensations. It takes work. And that's been part of the work that I've done these past three years. When I moved out, um, my ex had already started talking to some else and starting a relationship with someone else which unfortunately is a common experience for people but also for INFJs and the reason is we aren't often aware of our own needs unless we kind of go through like intense heartbreak over and over again where in hindsight we realize that we didn't have self-respect and we didn't stick to our <clears throat> our values and the reason is because we are not introverted feeling types we don't have that, like I said, immediate visceral connection to our, our needs and our well-being. We have to cultivate that through experience, right? That dominant, the dominant introverted intuition, it's only strong and powerful by way of lots of experiences. Otherwise, our consciousness is just full of just downloads, but we don't fucking know where they come from. We can't remember what we've experienced. And because we are so connected to the emotional needs of other people or like maybe the fabric of social dynamics. That's another missed opportunity to connect to ourselves. Our only, our best hope is having more experiences and also developing that third function, which usually doesn't come online around age 20. And that's assuming optimal development. So I guess I'm doing a little bit of a review since it's been a while since I've done a podcast. So a lot of introverted intuition um, dominance, INTJs and, IN, and INFJs, um, will go through life with a lot of pain and sensitivity and confusion. And moreover, because introverted intuition is so rare and weird, people will constantly give feedback to the other person that they're rare, they're weird, not even rare in a positive way. So you have no data. And so it's very likely that INJs just won't fucking grow. If they grow, it's probably filed under late bloomer status. It's a sad thing. It's a powerful thing if you can get through that, you know, and start to in um, your later to mid life, use those experiences. And in hindsight, so to get some of those downloads through your matured introverted intuition and start to create a life that's more authentic. And that's what I've done in the past three years. Um, and unfortunately, you know, in my past relationship, it wasn't really a real relationship, which is something that INFJs do. We kind of, um, because we don't have those developed functions, we 
And if we've experienced a lot of trauma, which I had, and I had to, again, learn that later, um, you attach to the wrong person and you try to make it work with the wrong person. And you're convinced that the wrong person is the right person. And um, on top of that, you're quite loyal and committed to the vision, right? So you aren't tethered to the actual objective realities of what's going on. You're committed, you're forecasting and creating ideals and scenarios in which the relationship can work and you're committed to those. So you miss yourself, you miss the reality of who you are and you miss the reality of the other person. And that's what I did in the last relationship. And it's taken me a while to even say it so clearly and publicly now um, that that's happened. And because of that, you know, if you don't see the reality of the other person, right, and you're holding this vision, that's disrespectful to the other person. So I surely disrespected my ex and definitely caused harm to them. And it was from low self-awareness and ignorance, right? It wasn't intentional. In fact, part of my healing process was as I started to get downloads and insights about really what happened and who I really was, I had a ton of guilt and shame to work through. And on top of that, I had to hold self-compassion and stay connected to that and realize that there's so many ways that my ex mistreated me and harmed me. And the relationship overall was quite toxic and emotionally abusive because abuse isn't just physical abuse and emotional abuse isn't necessarily just yelling. It's when you constantly cross the boundaries of the other person. And if you have an idea of how the relationship should be or how the other person should be, you probably consciously or unconsciously constantly override not only your own boundaries, but the boundaries of the other person. Trying to change someone into being someone different is crossing their boundaries. That's abuse. And I know abuse and narcissism is like, you know, thrown around a lot. And of course, maybe that's not as bad as, you know, being physically assaulted. And at the same time, as INFJs, with our ideals, with our commitment to authenticity, with how we value our relationships, that behavior isn't okay. And yet often I see it on Reddit, right? I'm not just trying to lump you guys in with me. Perhaps you can't relate to what I'm talking about, but it's all over Reddit. Through our own unconscious and unresolved pain, we cause harm to other people. People call it hurt people, hurt people. Perhaps that's part of it, but it's just like, it makes sense, right? From a logical standpoint, it makes sense. If you're not aware of your own needs or who you are, and especially if you're a type that's prone to being able to unconsciously sense what people expect and desire from you and morph into that, harm is being caused. And it's easy to have people focus on that harm and try to like make you feel bad for it. But I don't think that's useful, which is why I love our tertiary function, which is just like starting to critically examine what the hell happened. Sometimes that can look like looking at a pros call, a pro con pros cons list or doing a risk assessment. And when I look back to my relationship, you know, there was a lot of like in my feeling body, it was we could have worked through this. If only they would just um I was committed. And I remember I had one friend at the time, kind of a coach, was just like, yeah, but like, where does it end? Like, to what end are you committed? To what end are you willing to, quote unquote, compromise? Right? Because at some point, you're just giving everything. And that's what I did in that relationship, gave everything. And 
I named this podcast and I named this anniversary, the anniversary of choosing myself. Um, I name it that way because my ex was quite dishonest and the objective part of me knows that part of it was my fault because I wasn't a true safe space for the truth, right? Just a whole nother topic. You know, they were telling me, you know, I could stay there even though we'd broken up. And, you know, I'm grateful that three years ago, something in my body finally kind of released hope at least enough to move out. And so at some point I stopped finally after three and a half years of sacrificing myself putting my ass out there and being, you know, mocked and dismissed and invalidated, much like I was when I was a kid, simply just repeating that. I finally was just like, like I used my looking into the future powers and I was like, what they're saying doesn't make sense. And I said, it's only going to result in them saying one thing and doing another, just like they've done. And for some reason, there was one sliver of hope and I started packing my bags the next morning and I loaded my car and I just started driving. This was three years ago. And from then on, I, you know, there's so much to the story to think about, but the the shorter aspect of it is I basically stayed in Airbnbs for two weeks. It's a lot of money. I was fortunate enough to kind of be supported by my community with that money and people paying for coaching services and helped from one Airbnb to another, to another three total. I stayed with a couple friends for two months and then moved to a friend's parents' house. And then I moved and I tried to move in with my dad and in talking to my dad, I wasn't satisfied with that conversation. It reminded me of so many interactions that we'd had as a kid where I didn't feel safe. Um, I had these needs that had gone unmet for so long, and I, I honestly was still trying to get them met. I think in my brain, in hindsight, I was looking for a place that, a safe place to land. And so... You know, maybe I will tell the story of my dad, but trying to keep this podcast on the shorter end. So I got the fuck out of there, out of my childhood home, the same way that I left apartment my ex and I shared, you know, and I moved again. And I ended up um, staying with a couple for about eight months. And I learned a lot. I'm going to stay with an ENFJ and an ISCJ. And you know, so I did a lot of hoping that year. It was 2021. Um, and that last area was helped me connect to my heart space. In the end, we kind of didn't continue the relationship for other reasons, but I learned so much about my capacity to love and care as an INFJ that I had questioned and that I had doubted because my form of love and care had been judged and ridiculed for so long. I had shut off a part of myself. And of course, I still wanted to love because I was still attaching myself to the wrong people. But I was so present in this best next version of a stable, loving space. I was really present to um, how much I needed 
how much it desired to receive and give. And just with that opening, I really started to rebuild my life. I got a job with Amazon. For some reason, my introverted intuition has always had a thought of being in one of those sprinter vans and delivering. So I stayed with that for a year. Um, then I moved into part-time and I got another job as a mental health coach, which I still have two years later. I rebuilt my credit, paid off my debt, and I moved into another place for a year. Got really stressful with another ENFJ. And so I just decided, you know, I need a space that's really for me. And two years prior, I hadn't had the funds for it, but I was like, I'm going to do it. And so I moved into my own place with no shared walls, which is a thing because INFJs are quite sensitive to their surroundings and we actually do really best in an environment where other people aren't. Or at the very least, we have our own de de designated haven. So, um, yeah, that was a very high-level overview because in all of those living situations, there was some sort of like conflict and something was brought up within me to be healed and tested and give me the opportunity to to be assertive and set boundaries. And I learned a lot about myself. And I really learned um, how people are legitimately different and doing the best they could. And then also as an INFJ, I do have these unique needs that many people continue to invalidate. And it was up to me to keep creating and cultivating my life in alignment with those needs and values. And I took a big shift two years or a year ago, moving into this place that I'm in now. And during that course, I healed other things, right? Um, I lost 25 pounds. I connected with a different eating style. I fortified a close friend group. Um, I continued to increase my annual income. And to do some healing, I discovered that I was a childhood um, PTSD or a childhood emotional neglect survivor. And I actually shy away from those labels, but that label was probably the first one that, that actually fit. And I learned about that stuff. Um, <clears throat> it's so interesting to me that INFJs, we feel so much... And we are abandoned so much, so we feel weak. But I think if I were to say anything, it's a lie. We are so fucking strong and resilient. If there is anything I could tell you all, it would be that. I know life seems the complete opposite, but we live in a world that's 180 degrees away from the truth. We got to shift things. <laughs> you decide to find yourself as sensitive and that, you know, it's a weakness, but it's actually a strength. That sensitivity will really clue you in, help you dial in where you're supposed to be so you can actually go there and focus there and start to create and play your own game. And once you do that, Maybe your contributions are going to be overlooked, but if you're really honest, once you start to validate yourself and start to create those quality friendships, you actually aren't the one for um, high visibility or needing direct credit all the time. It actually, in your most pure state, warms your heart to just be able to contribute and see the ripple effects take place. As INFJs, we're so powerful, y'all. We really are. And our biggest thing to overcome is ourselves because we have to figure out ourselves without any help.
And then when we find the answer, people are still going to be like, that's bullshit. That doesn't make sense. Do it my way. And you have to tap into your body that you had to do your own work to reconnect to and be like, oh no, I got it. You have to connect to your own version of your inner voice and compass. And I'm sure as an INFJ, it was stomped out of you pretty early on. You've been just moving through the world feeling like a zombie. And if you have any feelings at all, you might feel anger and resentment or nothing. And there's a part of you that's scared of people and probably scared of yourself. Like, what the hell's going on? And then you may or may not stay there. But there is a way. It's not fair for you to have to do so many things on your own and cobble these experiences and social feedback and judgments together to try and figure out who you are. And if you want relief, peace, growth, transformation, fulfillment in life, spiritual fulfillment, keep going. I promise that it gets better. There is a flavor of isolation that can emerge with time. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword. Um, as you get better, as you heal, as you accept yourself more, there's a, there's a loneliness because it's kind of like, fuck, I was right. And they told me I was wrong. And fuck, like, in order to keep going, I might have to continue to walk an untraveled path. And if I'm honest, there's a part of me that might give that up to just feel more belonging. That's real. That's part of life. And there's just nothing that beats playing your own game. INFJ, your path is to unearth and organize and play your own game. Play your own game to choose yourself. And I promise with time, the more that you choose yourself, you will emerge as a beautiful demonstration, an example of depth, authenticity, and fluidity. So, so beautiful, so powerful, so masculine, so feminine, so extroverted, so introverted. We hold the universe within us. And that can be a heavy, scary, confusing, blindsided burden to carry. And once you become more adept at wielding that calling so much more is powerful so um happy anniversary to me and perhaps to you maybe as a result of listening to this words to these words so until next time thank you for your patience on this one. you know i love my infjs so much love to y'all peace